0: Hello, everybody. This is Patrick Ridgell once again with Transamerica, and I'm here with Tom Wald, Chief Investment Officer of Transamerica Asset Management. Hello, Patrick. Tom, over the past few weeks, and really this past week in particular, we've seen some dramatic market volatility and a fierce sell off in stocks. Yes, we have. So, what do you tell investors during this type of market?
1: Well, you know, a few things. You know, first is, you know, sell offs happen, of course. However, this one, It is different than most because the real negative catalyst has, of course, been the coronavirus, also known as Mm -hmm. COVID-19. So the downside volatility is being driven by a medical phenomenon, and that's not something the market is used to dealing with. And I believe that's adding to the uncertainty and the
0: angst, and it's showing up in asset prices. So from a market perspective, how can investors gauge something like this? Well, first of all, Patrick, you know, it goes without saying
1: that the coronavirus is a global human tragedy, and our thoughts and prayers sure. go out to everyone who has been affected by it. Of, of course. It. And from a secondary perspective, the question, which market experts by and large are having you know, a real challenging time pinning down the answer to, mm-hmm. is what impact the virus will have on the economy and the earnings growth of corporations. You know, mm-hmm. It's that impact pretty much universally believed to be negative. But without a real consensus of how negative, that is really what's hurting the equity and the credit markets right now as that uncertainty continues. Do you have a read on that right now? You know, I think the overall impact of first quarter US GDP growth, the first real indicator we'll have on this in the coming month or so, you know, will be somewhere around a negative half percent to 1% incremental impact, which would still put us in a positive growth for the quarter of about maybe one to one and a half percent. Remember, the coronavirus didn't really start impacting economic behavior until about
0: you know mid-February or so. That behavior being you know consumer oriented like people traveling, going on airplanes, out to crowded venues it, ex- for dinners and things like that.
1: Exactly. And we're starting to see more of that now.
0: And now we have a big leg down in oil prices too. Y-
1: yes, that was unexpected and certainly has not helped matters. Saudi Arabia and Russia had been working on an agreement to reduce overall oil production rates and essentially support oil prices, which had already been hard hit by the crisis. Mm -hmm. Then that agreement fell apart in the late hours over the weekend. The two countries essentially dove into what you might call a price war for global market share. Mm -hmm. Uh, As a result, we've seen the largest one-day decline in crude oil since the first Gulf War in 1991, Mm. and we're down below $30 a barrel, a level we have not seen since early 2016. All of this is going to materially pressure the energy sector, which is about 6% of the overall S&P 500 market cap and about 12% of high-yield bond issuance.
0: Mm. So are we talking a recession this year?
1: you know i'm not i'm not ready to say that uh remember a recession is defined as two consecutive quarters of negative economic growth i don't think the first quarter will be negative mm-hmm. so that means that the recession would have to occur between the second and third quarters or third and fourth quarters of this year a- and a lot mm-hmm. can happen between now and then R- right now i'm
0: i'm still in the no recession camp but of course things are changing every day okay Stock market has taken a real hit. Yes, it has. What what do you tell people who own stocks who are thinking about maybe stepping up to buy stocks here?
1: Yeah. First, I would say don't try and call a bottom in this type of market. Okay. Calling a bottom after the market has fallen this far, this fast is, in my opinion, sort of a fool's errand. Mm -hmm. History has taught us that falling markets can always fall further. But that's not what investors should be focusing on, in our opinion. Okay. Instead, I think they should be focusing on identifying potentially attractive long-term entry points. Okay. M-
0: meaning what exactly?
1: So so by attractive en- entry points, I mean price levels on stocks or whatever asset class you might be looking at that, according to some historical time-tested metrics, infer that the odds will be strongly in your fa- in your favor – that they'll go up go up over time based on those metrics. It, it doesn't mean that they won't go lower between now and the future. That's almost impossible to predict sometimes. Mm-hmm. But that you are as much as possible putting the odds in your favor over time. Do you see any of those entry points at this time? You know, you know, actually, I, I, I do. Uh, one measure we've been watching real closely is the difference between stock dividend yields and long-term treasury bond yields let's say the 10-year rate for example okay. over the past 62 years you know this is just a historical look back that we that, that we've taken on sure. uh going all the way back to 1958 there have only been four extended periods when the S&P 500 dividend yield exceeded the 10-year rate for an extended period of time. It looks like we're going into one of those extended timeframes now. When were the others? Uh, So 2008, 2015, Mm -hmm. 2016, and now. Okay. All times preceding meaningful upward moves in the market. So as we speak today, that differential between the S&P 500 dividend yield and 10-year treasuries is at higher levels than any of those uh, previous times I just Mm. mentioned. So while this metric is by no means a be-all and end-all for buying stocks, it does provide, in our opinion, at least a meaningful inference that we could be at an identifiable entry point. Again,
0: different from calling a bottom. Okay, so you just mentioned interest rates, which have had an amazing drop in recent weeks. Remarkable drop, a historic drop. Okay. What should investors be aware of regarding this historic drop?
1: You know, Again, a a few things. First, rates have fallen and are continuing to fall on angst and nervousness about economic conditions. The Federal Reserve cut short-term interest rates by 50 basis points on March 2nd, and more is likely to follow over the next month or so as they have two meetings coming up in mid-March and late April. They're cutting rates because they believe growth in the economy is at some risk of slowing down. Due to COVID-19, longer term rates, such as that 10-year treasury yield I was talking about just a couple of minutes ago, are taking the same cue. And and when combined with a flight to safety, Mm -hmm. not just from here within the U.S., but other parts of the world as well, Mm -hmm. that 10-year rate is now at its lowest point in history. Mm. You know, in fact, it just touched down the other day at below – 50 basis points, below below 0.5 percent, something considered unfathomable just a few weeks ago. Mm. Uh, Second, it's also important to realize that unlike past rate cuts by the Fed, these ones are really unlikely to address the root cause of the pending slowdown, that being health-related or medically-driven fears or concerns. Mm -hmm. Lower rates are not getting people on airplanes, out to dinner, or into crowded venues if – Those consumers are concerned about the virus. Um, Another point, uh, what lower rates can address, and this is more ancillary, is providing those companies potentially adversely impacted by the virus with greater financial flexibility and liquidity to weather the COVID-19 crisis and what might be an induced business slowdown. Mm -hmm. And and, and that could wind up being – important to some degree. Okay. But but right now, we believe stocks are taking a signal off these lower rates. If rates are moving lower because of this perception that the economy will soon be slowing down and risk of recession perhaps rising, then stocks will for some time potentially react negatively to those lower rates, mm-hmm. at, least, at least initially. And, and that's what we're seeing so, right now.
0: So a vicious circle, so to speak.
1: Yes, sort of,
0: but it's also important to remember that
1: the circle can turn the other way. The Fed rate cuts can begin to help the economy, at least on an incremental basis, and then those lower long-term rates can help stocks to move higher because the expected returns on equities might start to be viewed as more opportunistic. But we're not there yet, right? Well, stocks are going through a risk adjustment by the market because of the coronavirus, and its potential impact to the economy and corporate earnings. Once that becomes more evident, what that impact is going to look like, I believe stocks could start reacting favorably to lower rates. Uh, Eventually, it becomes a relative value type of comparison, consistent with the entry point argument uh, I mentioned a a minute ago. Okay, Where do you see rates going from here? Yeah, lower, lower. Uh, The market is expecting the Fed to cut rates at its next two meetings. And according to the futures markets, there is anticipation that we'll be at or close to zero short-term interest mm. rates like we were between 2008 and 2016, perhaps by the month of May. Wow. Pretty incredible. So, so what happens then? Well, in my opinion, the Fed will likely hold at zero and, if needed, you know, further stimulate the economy through market activities such as buying bonds in the, op- in the open market. You know, also very similar to what they did between 2008 and 2014, but you know, this is all a ways off. I think what's most important is if we can get some containment of the virus by summer. If it looks like the worst is over, again, who knows? I'm not. I'm not trying to play medical expert right. you know, yeah. or scientist here, but if that were to happen, and the adverse impact between now and then turned out to be manageable, as in lower economic growth, but not negative. No recession, mm-hmm. then I believe those lower rates will start to be beneficial for stock prices. Well, we'll have to see, of course, but I do think that's a realistic potential outcome. You're not hearing too much about right now.
0: Wow, that's a lot to take in here. Yes, there's a lot uh, to stay on top of, but uh, that's that's why we're here. Parting thoughts for investors in this environment?
1: Yeah, definitely a few worth remembering. I think you know first. Uh, recognize that at least at this point, nobody really knows what the precise magnitude is going to be of Mm COVID-19 economically and in terms of uh, corporate profits. This will likely change in the months ahead as more hard data gets reported to the markets. Uh, Second, brace for ongoing market volatility. This is no longer a market for the faint of heart. Mm -hmm. Um, As I mentioned, uh, don't try to call a market bottom. Instead, look for attractive long-term entry points. Also, watch these interest rate levels. At a certain point, lower rates could shift from a negative to a positive catalyst on stocks. Um, And and just as market activity and sentiment seems to be indicating rising concerns that this overall coronavirus situation is presumably getting worse – both medically and economically. Mm-hmm. you know also remember there is some probability as well that it may not turn out to be as bad as many might fear. So keeping that perspective on this whole crisis situation is really a balance we think
0: investors will need to walk. Okay. Sounds logical, Tom. We look forward to speaking with you more in the days ahead. Uh, me as well. Thank you, Tom. Thank you.
2: Assets under management as of January 31st, 2020. Investments are subject to market risk, including the loss of principal. Asset classes or investment strategies described may not be suitable for all investors. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Fixed income investing is subject to credit rate risk, interest rate risk, and inflation risk. Credit risk is the risk that the issuer of a bond won't meet their payments. Inflation risk is the risk that inflation could outpace a bond's interest income. Interest rate risk is the risk that fluctuations in interest rates will affect the price of a bond. Investing in floating rate loans may be subject to greater volatility and increased risks. Equities are subject to market risk, meaning that stock prices in general may decline over short or extended periods of time. Investments in global international markets involve risks not associated with U.S. markets, such as currency fluctuations, adverse social and political developments, and the relatively small size and lesser liquidity of some markets. These risks may be greater in emerging markets. Alternative investment strategies may include long, short, and market-neutral strategies, fair market strategies, tactical strategies such as debt and or equity, foreign currency trading strategies, global real estate securities, commodities, and other non-traditional investments. The information included in this podcast should not be construed as investment advice or a recommendation for the purchase or sale of any security. This material contains general information only on investment matters. It should not be considered as a comprehensive statement on any matter and should not be relied upon as such. The information does not take into account any investor's investment objectives, particular needs, or financial situation. The value of any investment may fluctuate. This information has been developed by Transamerica Asset Management Incorporated and may incorporate third-party data, text, images, and other content to be deemed reliable. Comments and general market-related projections are based on information available at the time of writing and believed to be accurate are for informational purposes only are not intended as individual or specific advice may not represent the opinions of the entire firm and may not be relied upon for future investing investors are advised to consult with their investment professional about their specific financial needs and goals before making any investment decisions transamerica asset management tam is the asset management business unit of transamerica tam consists of transamerica funds transamerica series trust and transamerica asset management incorporated an sec registered investment advisor 250-773